1: As Christ suffered on Friday, he went through that suffering knowing that Sunday was coming. The great old preacher said, for us, it might be Friday, but Sunday's coming. That idea, that concept
2: works both ways. Sometimes things are going just great for me, and I think, well, it won't always be that way. You might say that's negative thinking, but it's just reality, and the converse, of course, is true. When things aren't going well, well, it's not always going to be this way. We understand from Scripture that in this world we will face trouble. Pastor Leighton Sheely is our teacher. On this broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, on the web at highlands.us, and he's continuing in the book of Colossians.
1: Every believer is entitled to experience a degree of suffering because of our relationship with Christ. The Apostle Peter wrote, 1 Peter 4, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Christians have been buried with Christ. We've been raised with Him. We've been made alive with Him. And if we've shared in His dying and and raising, then we also share in His sufferings and He shares in ours. Christ therefore continues to suffer in and through His body, the church. The book of Revelation provides this incredible insight into the fact that God has set a boundary, a limit on the suffering of His faithful. Chapter 6 describes the seals that are going to be opened by the Lamb. Verse 9, it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, Sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? And then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. What's lacking and what's being filled up are the struggles and afflictions and tribulations that are inevitable when the kingdom of light confronts the kingdom of darkness, when the kingdom of God confronts the kingdom of Satan and this world. And so believers should regard our suffering less in relationship to us as individuals and rather in in terms of the greater plan, God's plan. Now God is, it says here, has "...selected a certain number of faithful will be slain because of the word of God and their testimony." And if you look at this fact from the paradigm of time, you may conclude, as some do, that God is extremely unfair to allow some to suffer and die because they chose to be Christian. But if you look at this fact from the paradigm of eternity... Then suffering and dying in time are but a drop in the ocean of blessing that spans eternity. It is of great importance that we keep the big picture in mind, especially in times of suffering. Paul suffered a great deal for Christ and the church. He wrote, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open ocean, the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He suffered a great deal for Christ and the church. What drove him on to continue? What motivated him? What can we learn that can help us in our times of struggle? What can we learn from the Apostle Paul? Well, listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. And so we live in the face of death. But this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. I will not be silenced. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there's going to be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Listen, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever forever the things of this world are passing away but our inheritance in christ is going to last forever listen to what the author of hebrews wrote he said think back on those early days when you first learned about christ remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things you suffered along with those who were being thrown into jail and when all you owned was taken from you You accepted it with joy. You knew that there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. And then you will receive all that He has promised. Now Paul's not promoting that all pain is good. Most of it's bad. But when we suffer for Christ, that's good news. As Christ suffered on Friday, he went through that suffering knowing that Sunday was coming. And the great old preacher said, For us, it might be Friday, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. And because Christ guarantees our resurrection, we can handle anything. Now, we've only covered one verse. But I think we can all appreciate the importance of understanding it properly. Because if we don't, we can easily get off track. But it does bring up this question, why suffering? Why is there suffering in this world? Well, last Sunday when I was here, I had three people come up to me and said almost the same thing. They said, Pastor, I just found out that I have cancer. Will you pray for me? And as our ministry leadership team gathered for our meeting this week, I I shared that with them, and, and around the table, the various ministry leaders and pastors were talking about the people that they knew of, who had come to them, either talking about the cancer they had or the cancer of a loved one. And, and it seems like cancer is just running rampant these days. And we do pray, and, and when we pray, we ask God to heal. And sometimes He heals, and sometimes He chooses not to. And when God doesn't answer the prayer like we would like him to, some people have a tendency to get angry with God. Upset, disappointed, confused. And I think part of that is because we may have a paradigm, perhaps at a subconscious level, that this world is supposed to be heaven. Things are supposed to go right in this world. And I think that we as American Christians have more of a challenge in this regard because, folks, we as American Christians have been blessed beyond blessing, beyond blessing, beyond blessing. When you think about the abundance that God has given our nation, most of us have never missed a meal unless we wanted to. We've got a roof over our head and clothes on our back. We've got some money in the bank. We've got friends, we've got family. We've got a degree of liberty that no other people on the face of the earth in all of history have enjoyed. We have a relative peace and prosperity that no other people in the history of the world have enjoyed. And we who live in this Bay Area have got one of the most beautiful places on the face of the earth to live. And because of this, I think we can think, maybe below our thinking, in our subconscious or semi-conscious level, that this is heaven. And then we get disappointed when it doesn't turn out to be heaven. So I think it's important for us to remember this world in its current condition is not heaven. Now when God made it, it was heavenly. No death, no disease, no violence. But then Satan, the ultimate deceiver, got Adam and Eve to break the one commandment. You know before ten commandments there was only one Don't eat of that particular tree. And it wasn't like Adam and Eve were hungry. They were told they could eat of every tree of the garden except the one. And it wasn't like the fruit and vegetables that were from the other plants were bad. This is long before Monsanto came and re-engineered our food supply. This was the best fruits and vegetables in the history of the world. But Satan somehow or other got Adam and Eve to believe that they didn't need God, that they had a better idea, that they had a better plan. Now God had told them what would happen if they chose to eat, but they chose to eat anyway, and lo and behold it was just like God told them what was going to happen. Since then this world has been filled with death and disease and violence and every vile, evil thing. You know what, if God had not limited our lifespan we'd live for eternity. And living in this world through eternity for eternity would not be heavenly but praise be to God that this world in its present condition we're only passing through it and that for us who have placed our faith in Christ Jesus as our Savior and Lord we're going to be in a world that Jesus says he's going to make new no more disease, no more death, no more violence that's where you want to spend eternity. Here we're just passing through. And this is not our home. And that comes from placing our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Now there might be some among us today that haven't yet made that decision. Ask Jesus to be their Savior and Lord. And if you are amongst us this morning and that's your situation, I invite you to make this the day you ask Jesus to be your Savior and Lord and reveal His salvation. To you and in you.
2: Pastor Shealy went on to say to the congregation that he would be down front after the message and more than willing to speak with anyone who wanted more information about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And in the same way, well, we can't be down front wherever you are, but we are available via the phone, via the Internet. You can check out all of our contact information on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And we will be more than happy to answer your questions about what it means to be a follower of Christ. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. Our teacher each day is Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands, and we'll be back tomorrow with a new message in this same series dealing with Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. And Pastor Layton will help us study verse by verse.